The Rangers get goalied in a 3-0 preseason loss to the Boston Bruins. Filipino and Zach Jones both look good in defeat. Mika Zibanejad gives us a scare at practice, and the Rangers trim the roster to 48 players. All this and more on today's episode of Locked On, New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 905 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Rangers kick off the preseason with a 3-0 road loss to the Boston Bruins. I think the first thing to note here is the very simple fact that neither team had a roster that really looked all that close to what the opening night roster was going to or will look like in the future. Um, Obviously, there's some familiar faces on both sides, but for the most part, uh, you had a collection of guys. They're probably going to start the season uh, potentially with their junior team, potentially in the AHL. So that's first and foremost. I don't think there's any reason to panic over the 3-0 loss. Um, The other big kind of talking point to come out of this is I think the Rangers basically just kind of got goalied. And we've kind of joked in the past how, you know, the, the Rangers will be up against some team and they'll start a goalie that we've barely heard of, and all of a sudden he turns into prime Dominic Hasek. I'd rather get that out of the way in the preseason than have it linger into the regular season. Hopefully it's not a sign of things to come or anything along those lines. But uh, Brandon Bussey for the Bruins, who will in all likelihood start the season in the AHL, he was fantastic, a 29-save shutout. He also got a, a little bit of help from the iron. You know, the Rangers, I think it was three different occasions, they put the puck off the post. So obviously that helped them a little bit, but uh, take nothing away. Bussy was absolutely fantastic in this game and starting in net for the Rangers was Jonathan Quick. Now, obviously, look, Jonathan Quick, he, he doesn't have to make this team. We know he's going to be there. He's going to be the backup to Igor Shesterkin. And I don't want to like overdo it with Jonathan Quick here uh, this early in the preseason, obviously a veteran and somebody who's done pretty much everything there is to do in the NHL as a goalie. But I am hoping that, you know, throughout this preseason, I don't know how much he's going to play, probably, you know, just here and there. I can't imagine he would play in any more than maybe three games max in the preseason. But I am hoping that, you know, he shows some signs uh, that he's going to have a nice season for the Rangers. Obviously, you know, the last handful of years, it has not exactly been prime vintage Jonathan Quick. And I've spent a lot of time on here talking about, you know, some of the intangibles that Quick brings to the table and the fact that he can kind of be a little bit of a big brother to Igor Shesterkin. You know, we got a multiple time, another multiple time Stanley Cup champion in the locker room, but he needs to play well. You know, <laughs> that's first and foremost. And, and sometimes that can almost get lost in the shuffle when you bring in a veteran such as Quick and you kind of think about the intangibles first. But, you know, obviously a little bit of a tough game for Jonathan Quick here. He played the first half of the game. He was pulled uh, just past the midway point of the second period. That was the plan going in. It's not like they had seen enough and they yanked him. Uh, he was always going to split this uh, this game with Louis Domingue. That's what ended up happening. Uh, but really, you know, as far as the three goals that he allowed, there was only one that I would say was, you know, a little bit of the soft variety. And that was the first goal that the Bruins scored. Even there, the Bruins had a power play. And they were set up in the Rangers zone for a solid minute and 20 seconds straight. The Rangers just could not get control of the puck, could not get it out of the zone. And then, um, you know, they take a shot, do the Bruins, and the puck basically goes, uh, you know, between 
Quick's uh, left arm and his side. You know, one of those that I think he would want back. And judging from his reaction, he kind of slammed his stick down a little bit. Uh, I think he would want that one back as well. Uh, hopefully, obviously, you know, it's, it's not a sign of things to come or anything like that. And again, it's one preseason game. Uh, Jonathan Quick, you know, he's he's been around the block a couple of times and, uh, you know, getting ready for the season. Um, but, you know, not not obviously the best debut here, giving up the three goals uh, in just half the game. Uh, he was spelled by Louis Domingue, who uh, shut the Bruins down the rest of the way. Domingue didn't make any, like, highlight reel saves or anything like that, but had a nice blocker save and, uh, for the most part, looked good. And I uh, got to figure he's going to be splitting time once again with Dylan Garand in the AHL. I talked a second ago about how the Rangers uh, hit a bunch of posts. There were at least three. Uh, you had... This is actually the last of the three, but I wanted to start here because it's Adam Sakura, uh, somebody that the Rangers took in the second round just two years ago, somebody that's got a lot of buzz and a lot of hype. I think Ranger fans are excited to see what he can do. Uh, not somebody that's going to crack the uh, roster this year, barring something completely uh, unexpected. But obviously, again, you take somebody in the second round, uh, naturally that comes with a, a considerable, considerable amount of hype. And uh, Sakura is no exception to that rule. But man, he ripped a wrist shot, just a missile of a shot right off the crossbar. And, uh, you know, again, he he beat the goalie clean on this one, um, but just a little bit too high. There's no way he was going to stop it. Um, so great shot by Sakura. And, you know, the game at that point was in a little bit of a lull. You know, things had kind of slowed down a little bit. And that's one of those those moments that just kind of snaps you back out of it and wakes you back up. You know, it's the preseason. And obviously, this isn't the A lineup. But you see Sakura do something like that, and it does get you excited, uh, you know, showing off a, a really nice wrist shot there. There was also an instance early in this game. I don't know how this puck stayed out, but the Rangers were on the power play. He had Lafreniere passing from the right side in front. To Philip Heedle. Heedle with a great deflection attempt. Uh, it looked like it caught a piece of maybe the crossbar. It looked like it hit the post, uh, went over the goalie, hit the bar, went down. Uh, Will Cooley was there as well. He wasn't quite able to stuff it into the twine, um, but the Rangers had a great chance to score there. Just wasn't you know able to convert on the opportunity. And you also had Johnny Brodzinski. This happened just a, a couple of uh, seconds after um, this scoring opportunity by Lafreniere and Hedl here, and even Will Cooley, who was on the doorstep. But Brodzinski, just a couple of seconds later, absolutely just blisters a shot off the far post. And Brodzinski very easily could have come away with two goals in this game. There was this one, obviously the shot off the post, and uh, that was, you know, missed being a goal by just a couple of inches. There was also, uh, later in this game, I, I believe the third period, a situation where... Johnny Brodzinski, I mean, this is a goal. There, there was just fantastic passing by the New York Rangers on this play. A couple of really quick, crisp passes. Brodzinski's all alone on the left side. I want to say Lafreniere to Heedle and then over to Brodzinski. The net is wide open and uh, just an outstanding diving, stretching save by Bussy. Like I said, he was fantastic in this game. Uh, one of those saves that, you know, had it not been the preseason, this would be in, in the conversation. I don't know about save of the year, but, you know, save of the week for sure, maybe save of the month, you know, somewhere in that area. Uh, so unfortunate for Brodzinski, somebody who's kind of a roster long shot to start the year. You know, if, if the breaks went his way, he easily could add two goals here. Uh, this was not meant to be. Something else that I found kind of interesting was the selection of alternate captains. Now, obviously, none of the Ranger uh, normal, well, I mean, Trub is the captain, and then you've got the alternate captains. None of them were there, so different players wearing the A's for this game. I saw one tweet that said it was VZ, Heedle, and Nash. I also saw a tweet that said it was Lafreniere, Heedle, and VZ. So 
Um, I didn't happen to notice if Nash is wearing the A, but I definitely saw it on those other guys. And, um, you know, four alternates, that's probably what the Rangers did for this game. But it's cool to see, you know, some of the younger players on the Rangers. Philip Heedle even talked about this after the game. He said he knows it's the preseason and everything, uh, but to get a letter on his sweater, that, that meant a lot to him. And I, I think it's empowering to a certain degree as well. Again, none of these guys, again, barring something completely unforeseen, are going to be wearing a letter at the start of the season. But uh, again, you know, guys like Heedle, and VZ and Lafreniere, um, you know, compared to the other Rangers, and even Nash, you could throw him in there too, compared to the other Rangers that played in this game, they're the more established players. So I, I like the fact that, um, you know, they decided to empower some of the young guys in VZ and in Hedl, or rather in Lafreniere and Hedl. VZ, he's somebody that, given the right team and the right circumstance, he honestly could be an alternate captain, I think. Um, it's not going to happen with the Rangers, but if VZ was a player that was like on a really young team that was rebuilding and kind of you know going through the process of you know putting all the pieces back together, I could see him being like a veteran alternate captain for a team like I don't know maybe like the Ducks or the Sharks, one of those teams um, that, that's kind of starting to rebuild a little bit and is very young. Um, you know, somebody that you can look to and okay, play like that guy. He, he busted every single shift. Um, also of note in this game, the de facto top line it seemed to be Will Cooley. Philip Heedle and Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere continuing to get time at right wing. Um, he was also on the right point during the power play, so that was interesting to see. Uh, we'll see if the Rangers, uh, you know, give any thought to using him in that role, potentially on the Rangers' second power play unit when the season begins. Um, but, you know, obviously they want to get him more and more reps at right wing, and it's good that they're doing that. They've been doing it in practice. Now they do it in the first preseason game. And Philip Heedle, he looked really Really good in this game. I thought he probably had the best game of any New York Ranger on the ice. Uh, was faking guys out of their skates. He had a shift where you know he stole the puck in the neutral zone, uh, went in, created a scoring opportunity, got tripped up, and uh, drew a penalty, which gave the Rangers a power play. That happened with literally a tenth of a second left on the clock in the first period. So the Rangers got to uh, start the second period on the power play thanks to uh, you know just a really hardworking and just really solid shift from Filipino. He also ended up with six shots on goal. That was a team high. Uh, Filipino going out there and letting it fly. And we noticed this last year, and I think we're going to see it even more this year when it comes to Filipino. His confidence just seems to be sky high. There's just a certain way that he carries himself now that maybe he wasn't doing the first couple of years in the league. Just seems like a very confident player, somebody that knows that he's good, knows he's talented, and expects big things out of himself. And uh, that's obviously a good thing, you know, for the Rangers going forward. We'll see uh, where he ends up lining up uh, when it comes to, um, you know, the the start of the season. There's there's a lot of people that want to see him with Panera, and I'm, I'm still kind of leaning toward the third line, but hey, you know, we're going through the preseason here. We're going through training camp. I always reserve the right to change my mind on things like that. And um, good to know that he you know, if he continues to play the way he did in this preseason game, he's at least going to give the Rangers something to think about uh, when it comes to him potentially being in the top six. I want to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to talk a little bit about Ben Harper and Zach Jones, two uh, individuals who were gunning for that six and final defenseman spot. As I've said, I think Harper's a real dark horse. It's probably either going to be Gustafson or Jones, but I thought Jones played very well in this game. We had Ben Harper getting into a fight. Um, also got to talk about some other highlights from this game and also uh, everything that went on during training camp uh, for the players that did not participate in this game, including a uh, scary injury to Mika Zibanejad. And we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets 
win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is ridiculously easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you guys are definitely going to want to stick around. The Rangers are going to be back in action in the preseason. Uh, their home opener for the preseason on Tuesday against the New York Islanders. And a lot of Rangers are going to be making uh, their preseason debut in that game. But for the time being, I wanted to uh, kind of point the spotlight at Ben Harper and Zach Jones. As I've been saying, I feel like the 12 forwards are pretty much set for opening night. I mean, I guess you never know for sure. We could always have a dark horse, you know, squeaking out a, a roster spot and being out there on opening night, and somebody could be a surprise scratch. You never know for sure. And obviously, Laviolette's the kind of coach that's going to make everybody earn their spot. But to me, the one, you know, true blue position battle in training camp is Zach Jones versus Eric Gustafson for that sixth defenseman spot. And you could maybe throw Ben Harper in there as a little bit of a dark horse. But Harper and Jones were actually playing together quite a bit in this game. So that was interesting. Uh, Harper made a really nice play early in the game. He had a Boston four checker that was just all over him and he did a nice job just kind of protecting the puck and eventually playing it out of the Rangers zone. So that was nice. Uh, he did have a turnover not too long after that, which seemed avoidable. And then he also got burned a little bit later in the game. Uh, the Rangers were down one, nothing at this point. And he tried to play the puck off the boards, up the glass, and out of the zone. Just wasn't able to do it. The Bruins kept it in, and they end up scoring a goal. So um, kind of a mixed bag for Ben Harper. He also got into a fight. Uh, he took on Greer with just 2.36 left in this game. I wouldn't say this was like an overly chippy game, but there was some pushing and shoving and uh, some reminders that, you know, obviously this is still Rangers-Bruins. It, it's very different than the two rosters we're going to see on opening night for these teams. But it's Rangers-Bruins. It's a rivalry matchup. And there's a lot of guys trying to stand out one way or another and make things happen and try to make their respective teams. And Ben Harper, you know, this is something that he can do. I realize, obviously, the enforcer role has kind of been – it's kind of an endangered species, shall we, shall we say, around the league right now. Um, but I still think there's a place for somebody who's going to watch out for his teammates and uh, will drop the gloves and throw down when it's necessary. Sometimes you need to spark your team. Other times you need to protect teammates that aren't necessarily fighters and don't necessarily play a physical game. But basically what happened here, uh, Greer put a big hit on Mackey kind of in the corner, and it was a clean hit. You know, he got him from the side, maybe from Harper's point of view. Um, it looks like he got him from behind a little bit, but it was from the side. It was a clean hit. Uh, either way, you know, Ben Harper's going to watch out for his teammates. We saw that quite a bit this past season. It's one of the reasons why I think the Rangers liked him and played him more than we ever thought he was going to play. Obviously, when they traded for Tarasenko and Mikola, uh, Mikola kind of squeezed him out of the lineup. But Ben Harper did a fine job uh, as a sixth defenseman while he was there. And he gets into a fight here, like I said, with Greer. And uh, Harper won this fight very easily. By the end of it, uh, Greer's jersey was pulled over his head. And Harper was punching him and knocking him to the, to the ice, basically. So uh, Harper, it took him a little while. You know, this this fight took a little while to get going. A lot of uh, kind of, you know, jostling for position a little bit. But once Harper got his, his right hand free, uh, it was pretty much uh, not good news for Greer. Uh, Harper definitely won this fight. And obviously, I, I don't want anybody to get hurt or anything like that. But as we know, you know, fighting is a part of this game. As for Zach Jones, I want to kind of talk about some of the things he did, uh, you know, as we kind of, again, continue to evaluate this battle for the sixth defenseman spot. Uh, he made a heck of a pass to number 25. And 
I'm looking because I took a picture of the Ranger roster earlier in the day that they posted online, and I'm looking at my phone. I don't see a number 25, and I'm thinking, like, well, maybe I saw the number wrong. No, I saw the number right. Uh, the Rangers have been making a lot of mistakes on social media. I guess it's the preseason for everyone, and I know that mistakes can happen, but it's time to tighten this up a little bit. We had uh, Adam Sakura's name was spelled wrong when they were doing the rookie camp. Uh, we had Capo Caco listed as Caco Capo the other day. And um, in this case, Anton Bleed just wasn't listed on the roster. He was number 25. Uh, great pass by Jones to Anton Bleed. The shot was saved, but um, you know, Zach Jones, he really sees, seems to see the ice very well. He tends to make good passes and just looks very comfortable and poised out there. And that was also on display anytime that the Rangers were on the power play. The Ranger top power play unit in this game was Zach Jones. He was the lone defenseman. You also had Hedl, Lafreniere, Johnny Brodzinski, and Will Cooley. And I thought this was one of those nights where the power play did everything but score. A couple of those close calls that I talked about where the Rangers were hitting the posts, a couple of those happened while the Rangers had the man advantage. One thing, though, that I do think works against Zach Jones a little bit, and it's honestly through no fault of his own, but I've been thinking about this uh, really even since last season. It's one of those things where they have kind of a surplus of offensive defensemen. One of the best things that Zach Jones can do for the Rangers or the Wolfpack or any team that he's going to play for is to give you some production, some offensive production from your blue line. We saw him uh, do that last year with the Hartford Wolfpack, 31 points in 54 games, then another six points in nine playoff games. And it's nice to have, you know, defensemen that can chip in offensively, but that's kind of his calling card is being an offensive defenseman and being able to quarterback a power play unit. And when you look at the Rangers right now, that's not something that they're exactly starved for. You've got Adam Fox, who, I mean, elite defenseman, he can do it all. Uh, Jacob Truba can certainly chip in offensively, and he can be on the power play if you need him to. Same thing for Keandre Miller. And now you've added Eric Gustafson to the mix as well. That's four defensemen that you're going to get, you know, better than average offensive production, at least as far as blue liners are concerned. So while it's nice that Zach Jones can do that too, um, it's just not something that the Rangers are, are dying to get more of. Um, so again, one of the biggest things he can do is to quarterback the power play. And I'm not so sure he's even going to get that opportunity with the Rangers. And again, that's through no fault of his own. It's just kind of how the team is set up right now. Uh, it's a good thing that, you know, the Rangers have defensemen that can chip in offensively, but I do think that works against Zach Jones a little bit. One of his chief assets quarterbacking the power play is something that I don't think they're even going to ask him to do. I mean, we'll see how it shakes out. Maybe he's out there on opening night on the second power play unit. It's at least possible. But, um, you know, people talk about Jones maybe eventually being traded. Yeah, there's probably teams out there that could use, you know, an offensive-minded defenseman like Zach Jones and somebody that can quarterback, uh, if not their top power play unit, then certainly their second power play unit. I like Zach Jones, but that's one of his best assets, and it almost goes to waste a little bit um, on the New York Rangers. And it's nobody's fault. It's just kind of... Uh, the way things kind of stand right now as far as uh, the Ranger roster and uh, what certain defensemen bring to the table on this team. Uh, Jones also, you know, there's a lot of people that worry about his his size or more specifically lack thereof. Uh, he made a pretty good hit when the Bruins were advancing the puck over the blue line, and that was nice to see. But uh, to the point of those that are worried about his lack of size, he was kind of the one that went flying on this play. You know, it was nice that he stuck his nose in there and obviously did not shy away from contact, but he was the one that ended up uh, falling to the ice on that play. Uh, but then there was also another nice play by Zach Jones. Uh, this happened late in the second period. He took a high stick to draw a penalty against the Bruins. So overall, again, I thought it was a pretty solid night uh, for Zach Jones. Um, my understanding is I don't have the box score in front of me right now. Hey, it's preseason for everybody, right? But Zach Jones led all Rangers uh, in time on the ice in this game. 
And that's good to see because he's the guy that's out there uh, battling for potentially a spot on the opening night roster, or at least being out there on the ice on opening night. He'll be there one way or the other. Um, if he's not in the lineup, he'll be a healthy scratch. But yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, it, it's good to see him get every opportunity to put his best foot forward and try to claim that sixth defenseman spot. To kind of keep everything going here, a couple of our talking points from this game. Uh, Riley Nash early in this game, he was one of the guys that was wearing the A for the alternate captain. Uh, he delivered a big hit on the four check. Nash is somebody we haven't really talked about all that much since the Rangers signed him. Uh, he's now 34 years old, last played in the NHL in 2021-2022 with the Coyotes. Uh, in order in his career, he's played for the Canes, Bruins, Jackets, Leafs, Jets, Lightning, and then finally uh, the Arizona Coyotes. And as much as I've said that I think the 12 Ranger forwards are probably set or are pretty close to being set at least, the, the battle for who's going to be that 13th forward and the healthy scratch, I think that's wide open right now. Uh, could it be, you know, a hard-nosed old-school player like Riley Nash? That's certainly possible. Uh, do you go with one of the kids like Will Cooley or Brandon Offman? If one of them makes it, I think you're going to see them in, in the lineup, and that's why I think that probably they're going to start in the HL with Hartford. I, I don't think they want them to be on the Rangers being in and out of the lineup every single night. Um, I get the feeling they start with Hartford and one of them, if not both of them, eventually work their way up uh, to the New York Rangers. Uh, maybe somebody like Johnny Brodzinski is the 13th forward. I mentioned that he had a solid showing in this game. Uh, maybe even somebody like uh, Alex Belzeal who comes over from the Canadians as a free agent. You know, we'll see. Belzeal had a couple of scoring opportunities. He also made a really nice pass out of his own zone. Uh, along the boards, up the boards, off the boards, really, uh, to Jimmy VZ into the offensive zone. VZ powered his way to the net, had a great scoring opportunity, just was not able uh, to convert, but that was set up by a nice pass from Belzeal. So the battle is on as far as, you know, who might the Ranger 13th forward be if we assume once again that the top 12 spots are all pretty much spoken for. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see. And, and, you know, Riley Nash, obviously one of those guys that uh, is going to have his name in the hat, that is for sure. Um, we also want to go to the second period here. Braden Schneider, I thought, had a little bit of a tough night. Again, it's no cause for concern or anything like that, but there was a strong rush into the zone uh, by the Bruins, and Schneider got to the puck, and I think that he just didn't sense the Boston Bruin forward there, and he tried to make a pass over to his defense partner. It was intercepted. Great scoring chance for the Bruins. It was stopped, uh, but then they scored on the ensuing faceoff after that. Uh Schneider, I think, had at least one other miscue in addition to that. But uh, again, no worries as far as Braden Schneider is concerned. Uh, he's been fantastic since the Rangers have called him up. And I expect uh, him to be obviously a huge part of this team going forward. And then one other thing that I want to talk about um, that we haven't really gotten to yet is uh, the power play in the third period. I touched on this a little bit. And obviously, uh, just a fantastic save was made on this play. But uh, the passing that the Rangers came up with here, uh, you had Edstrom. He had a chance from the slot, and it was gloved. Uh, so he was robbed, you know, in deep there. But then we had just some amazing passing on the ensuing faceoff or off of the ensuing faceoff. Rangers were on the power play at this point. But, yeah, it was Lafreniere over to Hedl on the right side. Hedl with a quick pass over to Johnny Brodzinski, and that's when that ridiculous glove save uh, was made there. And like I said, if, if random goalies are going to turn into Dominic Hoshik against the Rangers, then I'd like for it to happen right here, right now in the preseason, uh, rather than the regular season. One other interesting note from this game, my understanding is that Brent Othman was scheduled to play in it, uh, but he sat out with an upper body injury. Rangers are practicing right now as I'm recording this. It is uh, Monday morning here as I'm recording this. And Brad Offman is already back out there at practice. So uh, no cause for concern there as far as Offman's status going forward. Uh, keep everything rolling 
and turn our attention to uh, the Mika Zibanej had injury scare in practice as well as just the practice as a whole. And uh, the Rangers also trimming their roster down to just 48 players. We'll do all that good stuff in just a second. All right, so we can all breathe easy. It sounds like Mika Zibanejad is going to be okay, but he did give everybody a little bit of a scare at practice. Uh, he is now reportedly day-to-day -day with an upper body injury, and he was back at practice just a short time ago, Monday morning here, uh, with the red non-contact jersey on. It sounds like they're just being precautious, and really, uh, this early in the preseason, there's no reason not to, especially with an established player like Mika Zibanejad. I mean, I don't think Mika Zibanejad is going to have to make this team. I'll go out on a limb and say that. Um, but yeah, they said day to day with an upper body injury. Is there a more like modern NHL term than day to day with an upper body injury? We're in mid season form here as far as, you know, the injury labels are concerned, but yeah, it sounds like, uh, again, it's no cause for concern. Peter Laviolette, when he was asked about it after the practice yesterday said it just happened. So he's day to day right now. He didn't really elaborate it, but it sounds like he was favoring his arm when it happened. But once again, back out at practice in a red non-contact Jersey. So We'll look forward to Mika Zibanejad getting back uh, to full strength. Other highlights from practice, you had a scrimmage, Team White against Team Blue. Uh, apparently, Chris Kreider and Bobby Trevino uh, really found some chemistry. They were playing on the same line, along with Bryce McConnell-Barker, who was the center of that line. And Adam Fox was out there with them quite a bit as well. But yeah, Kreider and Trevino, you know, finding each other quite a bit throughout this practice. Trevino sprung Kreider on a breakaway, and Kreider scored on the break breakaway to give Team White a one to nothing lead. Uh, then we had Carl Henriksen scoring a goal for Team Blue. Uh, that tied the score at 1-1. One to -one. Apparently, there was some debate as far as whether or not Henriksen actually scored on this play. Uh, Laviolette said it counted. He thought it was a goal. Uh, apparently, Benoit Allaire was lobbying for it not to count, which makes sense. He's going to stand up for his goalies and say, no, that puck wasn't in, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But they counted it. So that tied the score at 1-1. One to -one. And then Dylan Rubrick, who is the... Lone member of this year's draft class that's been in camp this year. Uh, he scored off the crossbar and into the net. Kind of a, a bar down ski kind of situation there. And that put Team White up back two to one. That was indeed the final score. Uh, Dylan Garan, there were some videos of him making some really tough saves for Team Blue. Uh, he had a good save, a glove save on a shot by Capo Caco. So that was nice to see. And we talked about Deming a little bit earlier into the episode. You got to figure the two of them. Uh, Domingue and Garand going to split time with the Hartford Wolfpack this season. I would like to see Garand get the lion's share of the starts there. It's nothing against Louis Domingue, but he's a veteran, journeyman, NHL, AHL swingman at this point. And Dylan Garand just getting started, has not yet made his NHL debut. And I've been saying, I think there's a decent chance next season that we see Dylan Garand as the backup to Igor Shesterkin uh, at the start of the season. Obviously, that's going to depend on a lot of things. You know, how does Quick do this year? Do they want to bring him back on another one-year deal? Is there another veteran goalie that they like out there and most importantly how does dylan Garand fare in the ahl this season we're gonna have to wait and see but i think it's at least possible that dylan Garand makes his nhl debut uh, as soon as next season maybe even this season you know knock on wood if there's any kind of an injury maybe he gets called up and gets a start at some point but i think next season is definitely within the realm of possibility and i love this too when the scrimmage ended so team white won the game two to one Team Blue had to do some extra skating after the scrimmage was over. Team White did not. They were home free. Good. You know what? That breeds competition. These guys want to go out there and battle for, you know, everything that they get. And there were a lot of players in training camp. I know that they just trimmed it down to 48, but um, there's a lot of bodies out there and you got to uh, separate yourself one way or another. And one way to do it is to be on the winning side of a scrimmage like this. So Team White gets the win and uh, they are spared from any post-scrimmage 
skating drills. Uh, team Blue is not. So I, I like to see that as well. Just promotes more competition within the team. I've been mentioning this off and on throughout the entire episode, but the Rangers trimmed the roster to 48 players. As far as the players who are no longer in camp, uh, you've got the following players being assigned to the Hartford Wolfpack. That would be Zach Berzola, Seth Barton, Sahel Penoir, uh, Maxime Barbashev, and Ryan McCleary. They all head to Hartford. Uh, and then we've also got a handful of players here returning to their junior teams. Bryce McConnell-Barker, uh, Dylan Rubrick, Max McHugh, James Petrovsky, and Joe Arntzen. They all head to their junior teams. Of all the players I just mentioned, uh, the biggest name is probably Bryce McConnell-Barker. He is a 19-year-old center. The Rangers took him at number 97 overall in the 2022 NHL draft. He was actually the captain of the Sioux Greyhounds this past season, had 30 goals and 47 assists in 68 games. He'll return there. I uh, believe it's going to be his fourth season with the Greyhounds, and obviously we'll keep tabs on him as we do all the Ranger prospects. We'll try to check, on, check in on them from time to time uh, throughout the entire season. Goalie Brad Arvanides has also been released. We actually just talked about him. He wasn't even here a week. I would imagine it's a situation where maybe the Rangers just wanted to get, you know, another goalie out there in training camp. It doesn't look like he was ever uh, being given any real serious consideration uh, as far as, you know, even being on the Wolfpack or whatever the situation might be. But uh, he was released. And uh, breaking news here, Talon Boykin assigned to the Hartford Wolfpack. So that's kind of where things stand. I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. Uh, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. And a uh, big thanks to everybody who's already done that. Uh, YouTube channel is now over 2,000 subscribers, so a huge thanks to everybody uh, that's already signed up. And definitely do that if you haven't, because nine times out of ten, these episodes are available on YouTube before they're available on audio. So you'll see them first on there. And there's also a couple of things that are YouTube exclusive. They don't go out to the audio. So, yeah, definitely worth your time to uh, look up Locked On New York Rangers on YouTube. Give it a subscribe. And, uh, yeah, that'll do it for today. Once again, thank you guys, as always, and I will see you next time.